Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Travel and Tourism Podcast, my first season. My guests and I have never met, but we do have one great friend in common that we will talk about a bit later. Her first season was in Club Med St. Lucia in 1986 as a snorkeling geo. Fun fact about her, she has visited a whopping 103 countries and will also be talking about a passion project of hers called Culture Club, Real People, Real Places, Real Adventure. And we'll also touch on a big part of her life, which is called the Traveler Century Club, which is for travelers who have visited 100 or more countries and territories. So without further ado, please help me welcome to my first season, living in beautiful San Diego, California, Sharon Lee. Hey, Sharon, hey, how are you? Good morning. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon, wherever we are. How are yeah, you? Yeah, it's darn three <laughs> hour difference morning yes. uh, for you afternoon for me so uh how you doing today i am so great I've been looking forward to this and i can't thank you enough for having me on i'm so excited to talk about the best part of my life and all the fun adventures all right and also before we begin you uh promise to abide by my no uh, hookup story uh policy correct oh my gosh are you show oh, i guess i'm sorry <laughs> well, well i don't I, know what I we're going to talk about because that was like half of my club med career but okay i'll try okay yeah i hope i'm not hamstringing you here okay but <laughs> Even I have some clean oh. stories from my first season, and I was in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, we got to talk about you, too, then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it clean. All right. So, Sharon, if you are sitting comfortably and ready, uh, you know how we do on the show. If you could take me back in time to where you were living, what you were doing, where you working, where you're going to school, and how did you find out about Club Med? Awesome. Well, thanks again, Greg. This is exciting. And hello to all my ex-geo friends out there. This is, I was looking forward to this. So yeah, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and around 16 years old, my mother took me to Ixtapa Club Med for a little mother-daughter bonding trip. And when I got to Ixtapa, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the coolest job in the world. Girls were in bikini tops. The guys were in little shorts and Speedos. And and I'm like, and it was, they were all happy and tan. I'm like, this is the life for me. Well, wait, Sharon, <laughs> Sharon, how old were you oh, when you took this trip? 16. 16. Okay. 16 trip with Ixtapa to mom. Okay. Please go on. Yep. Yep. Trip with mom. Ixtapa. Yep. Club Med. I was 16. I think it was 1984. Yes. 1984. So got back, had to finish high school, you know, graduated when I was 17. And then I got admitted into college, but I couldn't get the Club Med, you know, thing off my mind because that was such a great experience and left a really, really big impression on me. So at 17 and a half, right after high school, I looked, I went to a travel agency and I looked through the Club Med brochure. And I'm like, oh, that was such a great trip. I want to work there. I wonder how this works. And I didn't really know anything about it, but I'd always been thinking about it. And I flipped through the Club Med brochure and I found the prettiest one, which I thought was St. Lucia at the time. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. So I went to a travel agency and I had saved some money from working at a pizza place. <laughs> and I said, hey, I want a one-way ticket to St. Lucia. Found the cheapest hotel directly across the street from St. Lucia, from the Club Med there in St. Lucia. And packed a bag and told my mother, okay, this is a huge box over here. You're going to ship to me if I tell you to. And this is a smaller box that you may need to ship to me if I let you know that as well. So off to St. Lucia to this really small dumpy hotel across the street from Club Med. I check out the next morning, go across the way and just walk onto the grounds. This is me at 17 with no ticket home. And I went in and said, hey, I want to work here. And they're like, well, you can't just work here. There's a whole process and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. well, well, I'm here now. And um, I speak French and there's a, a snorkeling lesson going on. Wait, Sharon, there. Sharon, oh, okay. you, yes. you dropped a nugget here. Where did you learn French? Oh, <laughs> I went to a French academy in, in Los Angeles called Cardin Academy, which is in the Valley. And je parle seulement français back then, but c'est longtemps depuis je parle français. So it's been a long time. <laughs> okay, no, no, that was a very good accent. But uh, whose choice was it to go to this academy, yours or your mother's? 
My mother's. Your mother's. Okay. Did you want to learn French? No, it was. It I mean, was now I, I'm sure now you appreciate that you can speak the language, right? But maybe I, back I do. Then. I'm just not good at. It. Well, I was a lot better, you know, back then because well, it was, sure. like, it was four, you, you have know. to you have to speak it every day to not lose it, basically. But your exactly. your accent is very very good. Oh, merci bien. It's very different than Canadian. Yes, the, <laughs> yes, very very different. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I didn't know that. So that's that's pretty interesting. So was this oh, like uh, five years or four years of high school in French? Is that what no, what they do? No, actually, so Cardin Academy was from like first grade to six. So I was in the you know the plays Le Petit Canard and uh, Le Dame Chasse la Raw. That was my first. The Lady Chases the Rat. And yeah, that's what I did from um, from first grade up until sixth, and then went on to high school at a high school in the valley in los angeles which was a private baptist high school but the french i didn't take any more french past that so basically a french academy when we learned all of the you know lessons in, in, with everything but a french base so all of our all of our little programs were in french our plays were in french and so it was just part of my my growing up okay now let me get this straight so you went to saint lucia with a one-way ticket Yes, I did. <laughs> so you were intent on like becoming, getting either a contract or becoming au pair at this Club Med Resort? Yes, I was. I didn't okay. even know anything about it. Yeah. My mom was a real big traveler. That's kind of why I've traveled so much. My, my parents um, had me kind of later in life and they had traveled so much. And so when I came along, they just took me with them. So I know a lot of people wonder why I travel and I'm so you know brave and just go do these things. But that's because it was sort of born into me, kind of like the French Academy and then dragged off to you know go to western europe when i was 13 and oh <laughs> so that's okay okay all right let, 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 i know let, let's stick with saint lucia all right so yeah. you tell them you speak french then what yeah. happens so um he so the the gentleman at the lobby i think back then we had hostesses and you know security guards and all kinds of different stuff back in 1986 and um he said well that's nice but you know the chief of the village is here his name is jose and you know we have to find him and i'm like okay i'll wait you know i've got no ticket back and a tiny suitcase and just me so I waited about 45 minutes and he, Jose came out and, um, you know, said again, why did you think you could just come here? I'm like, well, cause I want to work here. And there was just no, it was just no question in my mind that that's where I should be. Right. It just, there's no issue. I'm here and this is where I'm going to stay. So I said, I'll tell you what. And he seemed very hesitant because I had not gone through the application process, no interview, no nothing. I just showed up on the doorstep literally <laughs> in 1986. So he said, well, okay. I said, I'll make you a deal. I'll stay for two weeks. And if you don't like me, I promise I'll just leave. I'll get a ticket. I'll go home. And four months later, I was still there and turned out to be one of the greatest experiences where I met some great friends. Uh, one of your friends that I know about that we both know. Well, and yeah. Well, before we, yeah, before we talk to him, you kind of fast forwarded through a lot. So you're yeah. saying you stayed two weeks now. Did you say you were working au pair for two weeks? Is that what you meant? No, I, I basically, I was negotiating with Jose Aliel, the one of the greatest uh, chef de villages of all time, Jose Aliel. And I told him that was my negotiation. I said, if you don't like me, I'll leave in two weeks. But um, yes, I did fast forward through that part. Okay, but, but wait, but wait, but wait. Were you, but you saying you were staying at a hotel across the street. So were you- Oh just... no, I checked out. I only had one night paid there because I came from California. So I had to, you know, it's with a time change and everything. I wanted to be fresh. So I stayed in the dumpy hotel that like had steam coming out of the shower and goats running around and chickens. I checked out of that hotel that next morning and that was it. I mean, Okay, but then called... where did you go? Did you go into the Club Med? Is that what you're saying? So I just walked across the street. Yep. Were you a guest or so you nope. weren't working- Okay. So I was saying, so you were, but you, you'd be, okay. Were, were these two weeks, were you, were you working or were you a guest? Oh, no, no, no. So sorry. Okay. 
No, I just flew there because I wanted to work there, right? No, 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 no. You're saying you're saying you said to Jose, like you you uh you know, look at me for for two weeks and then you decide if you want me to stay, right? Yes. Okay, but were you working au pair or were you a GM? Well, I didn't you... even know what au pair meant. I okay. just said I'll just live here and and work here and Okay, and so just... so what did you do those two weeks? Oh, so then he so he said, Okay, you can help the snorkeling team. Ah, okay. Here we go. Now we're getting. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. So yes. So you were au pair for two weeks snorkeling and I I assume he liked you because you did wind up staying two months Uh, and the chief of sport was none other than Hansel Moss. Correct? Yes, that is true. True. (laughs) Now, yes, you know, I have a history with with Hansel. And in fact, you were very integral in my uh, my interview with Hansel because you were a tech support. You supplied the laptop that Hansel and I did our interview on, correct? I did. I did. I was, that was my pleasure. I was, so he was trying to get with you, I know, for quite a few months. And oh, no, 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 a year, a year and a half, not, not a few oh, months, okay. one okay, year well, and a half. <laughs> I waited for that interview. It was worth it, but I waited a long time. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he had a lot to say. I know he had a lot to say. I was there. And yeah. So that worked out great because I think, you know, he's sort of don't have a lot of those IT specialties there in teeny little San yeah. Salvador, Bahamas. So I was happy that I could help out and bring my laptop and shut the door and let you two go at it. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Well, now, now wait know. a minute. Shut the door and let you two go at it. No, we were, yeah, miles apart. Seriously, though. Um, so what's what was Hansel like as a chief of sports, seeing this was, this was your first chief of sports? What was he like? He was, can I just say, easy on the eyes? Well, yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, back then no, I can I'm imagine. Really no, I'm kidding. I, I, I met him. I met him ten years later, you know, and '96. But yeah, I assume you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, he was uh, a leader. I'll, I'll put it that way. He was a leader. He was boisterous, uh, confident, extremely confident, extremely great with the guests, and a good leader in terms of you know the sports team. We had our own little, you know, we had our ways, you know, like contributions throughout the village and things like that. And he kept it. Conform, you know, conform to sports. You're going to dress like this and act like this. And so we're definitely a team that was apart from the rest of the teams, you know, in the village, like the boutique and the hostess team and all that. We were the sports team and it was strongly led and it was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. He's a great guy. He is a good leader. Again, I can't quite get past that. Anyways, um, great yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, he's very <laughs> smooth. We're still good friends after all these years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, because he, yeah, like he used to tell me stories, the two and a half years I worked with him, he used to tell me stories about his sports team and how he used to run things. So I'm always jealous that I never got to be on his sports team, you know? So I was just curious. My career, that was my only sports experience and it was short. So um, I, I enjoyed it. And I, you know, I think he was new, he was new at the time, time at that role. So, um, but yeah, he led very, very well and very, very confidently and um, strong leader, strong person, huge, big presence in the village. So we all kind of fed off his energy. I think that's probably the best thing I can say is that, you know, it was a lot of work, you know, back in 86, you know, there's no days off. You just work or work. And it was a blast though, leading two, two snorkeling trips per day under the leadership of Mr. Hansel Moss and then doing the shows and fashion shows and everything else we had to do. It was just a great time. It was a perfect first experience. Well, did they wind up giving you a contract that first season? No. So I did oh, okay. say, and I didn't even know what au pair meant at the time. Okay. So when I walked in there that first day, you know, after checking out of that hotel and just walked into club med with no, nothing, no plan. Then I learned, Oh, I'm au pair. Okay. And then four months 
I was there for four months total on the snorkeling team. And then, but during the time in the village, I made a really, really, really great friend, like a sister, Angie Boucher, who is still one of my best friends. And I see her often. You met Angie in St. Lucia? I did. Yes. She was a hostess. Yeah. I think she may have been chief hostess. I can't remember, but she was in the hostess team and I was on snorkeling team, but we hit it off right away. We were like sisters. And so I told her my whole story. And when her contract was up, I'm asked Jose, I'm like, I might as well just leave. I mean, I'm, I want to go home with Angie and she's my friend now. And so I went home with her back to Pinole, California, where she's from. (laughs) And we hung out and, and did laundry and what you do in between villages. And then she got called to go to Martinique and I'm like, I want to go. I want to go. So now I have no contract. I've been au pair in St. Lucia for four months. And she, Sharon, Sharon, one second. How'd you get home? Like if you bought a one-way ticket. I think I just had my mom send money or something. Wire me some funds. Okay. Yeah, got it. Pretty okay. Much. <laughs> All right. So Angie, goes, my, yeah. <laughs> so Angie goes to Martinique and now how do you get, do you like so, buy a one-way ticket to Martinique now? Or? No. no. So, so, so actually what happened when we're in, in, in California and I was with Angie and she got called by the club, that was her next village. I said, I want to go. And what Angie did for me, she called Club Med and she said, I've got this great geo. She just did a season au pair in St. Lucia and I vouched for her and she got me the hostess job. So I got a contract. It was my first contract, 1987, summer of 87 in Martinique with her. And Mimi was our uh, chief hostess at the time. And that is where I met sort of like the best team I've ever worked with in Martinique in 1987. And that is just the most, ex- the, just another great experience. But because of Angie, my whole club med career kind of blossomed from that point. Okay. Now, at one point, did you want to leave hostess to go on the sports team or you were happy working as a hostess? Yeah, happy as hostess. Yeah, I was happy because I was with Angie and, you know, she showed me the ropes and she had already done, I think, two villages or something, maybe three. And so she just kind of, you know, we were friends. And then, of course, Martinique is such a great team. In fact, we just all saw each other. Believe it or not, Greg, you're not going to believe this one. We met all of us in 1987 and 21 of us just got back from Martinique in Saint, uh, Martinique in June. We had a reunion from 1987, 35 years later, we all met in the village where we met and it was so surreal and so much fun. And Angie, unfortunately couldn't make it, but there was about 20 of us down there and it was a blast and lots of memories. Like it was just yesterday, you know, you know, it is, you're like family with these people. And I just saw, in fact, uh, the next geo for breakfast this morning, and I'm going to see some more, you know, in the next couple of days. So it's just a family that you never lose. That was that Martinique time was fantastic. Yes, yeah, these were if I'm if I'm right, you were doing Zoom meetings over the pandemic with the Martinique team and then exactly. one of you yeah. said, "Hey, we should all go." And then you yeah. you went, right? About a year in the making, yep, during COVID, wow. exactly. We all found each other on Facebook and you know, what else do you have to do during that time, right? <laughs> and that's how it got started. Faith, my friend in Maine, was actually the driver of doing it in Martinique. We had some other ideas, you know, where to meet up. Oh, we should all meet up, you know, but then we're like, why not just go back to actually where we all met, which was just crazy. We all ran all over the village saying, I think this is my room. No, that was your room, you know, and well, there was my hostess desk. Now it's the photo booth, you know, and Garth found the DJ booth in the Annex restaurant. It was just crazy. Such memories. It was really, really, really a great time. Perfect weather. Perfect friendships. It was fantastic. We were with each other all day for five days straight and we never ran out of stuff to talk about. 
which you wouldn't believe, but <laughs> it was just fantastic. And were the uh, picnics just as crazy as ever? Just kidding. Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> you told me to keep it clean, well, Greg. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to tempt you. With oh, the... I forgot about that part Pic- in St. Lucia, the picnics <laughs> that I did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. well, wait. Back then, was St. Saint, was Saint Lucia uh, singles or family? Oh, yeah. It was... Uh, it was it was both a, a mix okay yes it was a mix okay. it was but it was 80 it was, it was 86 right the 80s were a crazy time oh, for boy. everyone right i mean yes 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 I we mean, it was so, just a free-for-all <laughs> did you were you surprised at the the pool in martinique because they added a pool right there wasn't a pool when you were there i was very surprised yes it was quite different yes the whole uh layout is, is a lot different it's still that long long driveway yeah and they added the pool you know some upgrades it was really nice the rooms are nice same old you know oh my gosh this is so funny so the, the one of the bartenders, the geo bartender came, his name's Scott Steele and another one, Cherise Strong, who's in. Wait, wait, can, this is a real name, Scott Steele? Yeah, that's does, his real name. <laughs> does he get jokes about working in an industry with a name like that? Um, that's his real name, Scott Steele? <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> sure. You know, you know, you screams it to me. Okay. Well, okay. Sorry. Go on. Okay. That's, that's funny. I never thought of it that way. And you know, the other one that's funny, Cherie Strong, Scott Steele, both bartenders. Oh, one of the wow. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. I never thought of it. So there's Scott and Cherie 35 years later. And guess what? Same GE that was working there back then is still there. So no. they're like, oh, I remember really? Uh, yeah and so oh every i lived gosh. with Cherise, who was the bartender and every morning she would come like Cherise, où est clé, Cherise? so okay. that was where's the key and so she was still i couldn't believe it we were all just just it was just incredible being back there we had the richard bank you know cara bank we call you know, that's how you refer to people in club med right sharon water ski or steve you know whatever sharon snorkeling you know angie hostess so 20 of us, and it was just fantastic. Being Actually, back I, th- I think it was, I think it was Steve Waterski. He said, um, Steve Waterski. No, no, what, no, he, he told guests it was Waterski and that he was Polish. No, oh, no, it's, it's Steve, Wat- Steve, yeah, Steve Waterski. They're like, oh, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> he speaks French too. Another American. Yes. French. <laughs> so do I. you do any kind of funny, appropriate story break? So anything crazy, wonderful, interesting happened in St. Lucia or Martinique up until this point? Oh gosh, are you kidding me? How much time do we have? <laughs> well, well, go, just give me one here, you know, before we move. Uh, oh boy. Well, Steve Waterski, we borrowed the sometimes we would borrow the water ski boats after dark. This is in Martinique in 87, right? In Martinique in 87, okay. yes. And we would carefully go into town at St. Anne and and kind of get away from the village for a little while. And the cool, I guess my my probably my favorite story is when, you know, it's middle of, you know, the seasons are six or seven months long, depending on, you know, where you are in the season and so forth. But we were all just having such a blast. And so one night after the show, it's probably, you know, 1130 midnight, we all borrowed one of the water ski boats and carefully navigated over to St. Anne to get French fries and beer. And we all got together laughing in the boat and pulled up safely and had our little fun time. And we came back to the village and there was Garth, the DJ, and he was kind of closing up. This is the best story. Oh, my God. This is the best night of, of, the, of my season. We all together, he reopened the disco. He put on some music, and we all just danced together as a big group. It was so much fun. Just 80s songs, like Arm in Arm, and all of, we just loved each other so much, and we were so happy to just to be together with no GMs at the time. You know, so that night was really, we were all so tired and hung over the next day, but it didn't matter because that was such a special time. Just I can see it like it was yesterday. It was great. That's nice. 
So the girls and I would lay out a, probably a little, you know, back then you could, you know, by the cannon over by the tour de port in, yes. um, in Martinique. So the girls and I would lay out topless and float out there and, you know, hang on to each other, sort of raft up and, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. There was a million memories and, you know, the, the crazy questions you get from the GMs and, and just all of us kind of thinking, oh my gosh, this job is so hard. You know, now you, <laughs> now you wish you could work that hard, right? Yeah. Being in the middle of the tropical and, you know, 24 seven being with your best friends, it was it just doesn't get much better than that. I think it really, it did shape my personality and for my future, I think it changed me and made me the person I am today. So it was fantastic. Wow. That's a, that's a very nice memory. It was, yeah, I was, there. I was, I was getting the pause button ready here for you, but no, that was pretty good. Wow. Okay. Now, <laughs> now were you topless again in Martinique in, in 2022? Oh, yeah. I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I was. In fact, I'm like, okay. Sharon, put your top back on. Say, That's just Sharon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Always check with the top off. <laughs> gosh, darn it. Jared. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, look on Facebook for those well, well, that's that's a big part of my, my club bed culture shock. Like when I arrived, I was totally green and a, a geo you know, was talking to me. <laughs> she, oh, hey, where are you from? And she was, yes, completely taught. And I didn't know what was going on. What is this job? Where am I? Okay. So yeah, that's part of my, my culture shock. So it was, I think Martinique, it was kind of okay because it's French Island. Obviously oh God. Yeah. Back then, you know, so everyone when was I, right we got there in June of this summer. I was like, what you guys like put it back on. No one wants to see that. I'm like, oh, I beg your pardon. Someone wants to see these. I yeah, bought these. You, you <laughs> like these. These are good. These are, these are not circa 1987. These are new. <laughs> so, I'm proud of them. Okay. And everyone who knows me knows that's my that's my thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, third third season, I see, uh-oh, we're going to Florida. Now, yeah, yeah. sad news lately because you go to Sandpiper in 88. And I guess, how do you feel about Sandpiper closing before we get yeah, into Yeah, your... RIP. Totally yeah. RIP, man. So sad. Good old Port St. Lucie. Yeah, not exactly as tropical and luscious and lovely as uh, my first year. Sure, but are you glad that you went after all? I mean, are you um, glad yeah, that you did a season? You know, it's I don't know why this. I love Ben Bussini. He's a great chief of the village. Ben was fantastic and the team was great. It's just such a, I don't know, for some reason, I don't know if you had this experience, Greg, or the other GOs do, but there's some seasons that are like, wow, that was so great. And yeah. it was just, I don't know what it was. The team wasn't as close. Um, luckily, I had two of my friends from Martinique season go with me. So Faith Boutique and Sharice Barr went to to Sandpiper along with me. And so it was great to have them there, but we, it just wasn't quite the same, I think. And uh, it was nice. I mean, it was, it was fine. Being in Florida is different than being in Martinique and St. Lucia. <laughs> and, but it was, it was a very mellow season. It was, was, Scott, it was, was Scott Steele with you guys? No. <laughs> uh, where did Scott Steele wind up? There was a different Scott. There was a oh, Scott okay. Walton. There was a Scott Walton. Who, oh, okay. Uh, was a good friend of mine at that club. I remember Judy Robix. I live with Judy Robix, who I liked very, very much. We were such good friends. I miss her. And, you know, we lost touch and Scott, Scott Walton was at this, uh, was, was an 88 in Sandpiper. And it was, it was a fun, fun village. I started as mini club and I'm not real. Oh, really? Kids. Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. So I got there. I'm like, eh, you know, uh, I don't know. So they put me in charge of the annex restaurant since I was more of a people person than a kid person. <laughs> Which turned out to be great. I loved the team that the locals at the village, they were just from all different places, you know, being in Florida, obviously it draws a lot of different cultures, you know, for the, the locals. And that was a great restaurant. And I worked annex restaurant there for about five months. That was a short season. I had to come home for some, my sister was getting married. So I had to leave there a little early. So yeah, Sandpiper was great. 
you know, there's just some villages that are like, oh my gosh, you know, and, but then there's some villages where it was, it was, it was fun. It just wasn't the same, you know? Well, did part of you like the fact that you could, like, if you wanted, you could easily buy something or if you wanted to see a movie, you could, was there any part of you that thought, well, it would take me three months to get this mailed to me, but I can go get it now. No, nothing. No. Well, you know, I don't know when you worked, Greg, but back in 88 and 87, we don't, we, I didn't, we never left the village. I mean, in terms of the, of Oh, people. even in Sandpiper? No, not even oh, okay. in Sandpiper. Yeah. Back then it was, you know, pretty 24 seven. In fact, I, there was a time when I wasn't feeling well and I wanted to get out, but you know, you just can't between rehearsals, the restaurant, the cleanup, the, you know, the, fruit passage, whatever else was going on. I just never left those four months. I, I hear your point. And it, it was probably was great for the geos that came later, but okay. back then, yeah, it was all work all the time. Any <laughs> crazy, any crazy annex restaurant stories, uh, spoons, <laughs> spoons in the glass. I don't know. What goes oh my on gosh, there? I had a lot of manatee okay. stories. I like, you know, manatees were everywhere. It's kind of weird. They were like, Oh, look at the manatees and all that. There and, were manatees no, there? There's a lot of manatees in the Sandpiper oh. village. And that oh, was the, sort of the big thing. Like that was the draw. Like, oh, let's go over to the restaurant and see the manatees. So, you know, between, <laughs> between the dinner service and the manatees, that was, that was, uh, yeah, we didn't do any, we didn't do anything as crazy as we did back in the, in the Martinique and uh, St. Lucia days. But yeah, it was a good experience. It was a quick one. It was a quick season for me. And I, I see you, you take a bit of a break and you go back to Paradise Island in 92, yes. right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So- so I took a nice break thinking, okay, should I go back to reality? You know how it is, you know, yeah. that the GMs ask you all these crazy questions and I thought, oh, okay, I'm done, you know, after Sam Piper, but yeah, and I, I missed it. So I um, called Club Med. I'm like, it's been a while, but I want to come back. So they said, okay, you can be a hostess in Paradise Island. And um, I went over there and it was, I think it was, the guy was Turkish. The chef de village was Turkish and it was a good hostess team. But I think honestly, at this point, I'm about 24, 25 and I just, I just was done. You know, you just, you, I milked it thinking, oh, it's going to be the same vibe, but it just wasn't. <laughs> I just kind of, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I wanted to get away. It was more like a little mini vacay to get away kind of thing. And I was there a really short time. The hostess team was fun and nice, but I felt old, to be honest. At 25, I was like, I'm an old timer. <laughs> a lot of the team was a lot younger. And I just, I just. Was there, a, was there a big difference? Like since you started in uh, like 86 oh, yeah. from 86 to 88 and you start in the nineties. So was there a big difference from the eighties to the nineties? It was, it? it was. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't so much the, it was more clicky with the geo teams. Um, and it wasn't as much in the hostess team. We all, you know, we had different hours and it was, it was one of those things where, you know, we had to be on at certain hours in the restaurant and the service and the shows. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the biggest thing was I felt old and those questions, like my favorite question from the GM is always like, Oh, so, so do you live here? And I'm like, no, you know, they fly us in every day. Of course we live here, you know? And I was getting more cynical in my old age, my old age, ripe old 26. And I really, um, I had one quick relationship that was a local person back in, in a paradise Island, which made my time there a little bit more fun. But other than that, that was another short one, four months. And then I was out of there. <laughs> well, part of your, part of your break, which I just want to talk about, cause it looks like fun. And was, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if this was a happy time in your life, but you, before paradise Island during your break, you lived in Maui and you were a waitress on the beach for six months. Is that true? I was, yeah. So yeah, I think the club med bug was still in me, but you know, I didn't know, you know but that, you know, at that time, you're like, gosh, this is so, this is so hard. I have to work all the time with seven days a week. And 
So I thought, okay, if I go to Maui, I can still like be in the tropics and still have some fun, earn some money. And I don't have to work all the time. So it's ironic. I did. I flew to Maui, same idea, flew to Maui, one-way ticket, who knows what's going to happen. I gave myself four days. I had four days of money saved up. (laughs) Oh, really? I I went to like, I, I rented a bicycle and I I rode my bike all over to Kanapali Shores and Kihei and uh, right there on Front Street in Lahaina. I couldn't bike all the way to Hana, but I would have if I could have. <laughs> but I um, was looking at, you know, hotels, different places all over um, Napili Point. I went all over asking for a job. And my very last day on my fourth day, I said, well, there's really, I didn't get any feedback. No one's hiring. Oh, maybe call me, you know, next week. And I'm like, I don't have until next week. So one of those things. So my very last day when I'm running out of money, I go, I said, I'm going to treat myself to a really nice lunch at this place on the beach that I probably shouldn't because I probably can't afford it, but it's fancy. And then I guess I have to go home tomorrow. And so I get out there, gorgeous view and the wait staff is like, I told him a story like, why are you by yourself? And I said, I want to work here. And it didn't work out. And there's like, well, we're hiring. (laughs) So I ended up staying for six months. (laughs) And this was a really nice, great restaurant. The upstairs part was the fancy part. And the downstairs bar, it was called Sam's. If anyone knows 19, gosh, it would have been early 90s. Yeah. Sam's in Lahaina on Front Street, right on the beach. It's a Canadian owned restaurant. And we had a blast. I end up rooming with the chef and one of the hostess ladies. I was a server. We had 99 cent beer night on the beach. And that's when I made most of my money. And I put all my tips in a sock and I put that sock in my closet. And I left, I left Maui six months later with $3,000. Nice. <laughs> so that was just a little fun thing. I just never wanted to go back to college or school. And so I just partied and went around oh. did what I wanted to do. Please say you keep your money in a bank now, Sharon, and not a sock. <laughs> no, it's still in okay. my sock. Okay, yeah. okay. That sock is getting pretty thick okay. now. It's in the closet. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's go back to Club Med. Club, Club Med for a sec. Did you meet any? Uh, have any celebrity encounters when you were in Club Med? And either, <laughs> any, uh... oh, Greg, are we going to go there? <laughs> Just well, I, okay. I mean, did you meet any? Okay, maybe I shouldn't say encounter. Did you? Did you meet any uh, famous people, singers, act, actors, dancers? Oh, okay, Greg, I can see where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, you, you you promised to abide by that first rule. Okay, so, <laughs> so who, did, who, did, who did you meet? <laughs> I have a celebrity story, but it wasn't in Maui. It was back in LA. I do have a celebrity story. Oh, Should but I not in Club Med? Well, I want to know no, who that Club. No. Oh, really? Not in Club Med? Mm, nope. Oh, My okay. celebrity story was <laughs> same time frame, same 90s, you know, so picture this, you know, Sharon is from island to island to Maui, back to home, home and, and doing the LA, you know, club scene and parties and event shows and things like that. And so picture this award show, 1994, something like that, maybe 95. And uh, I get tapped on the shoulder. Gosh, I tell this story? Well, as long as it's appropriate, Sharon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm trying to keep it clean, Greg. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, just, (laughs) you know. No. Uh, So I get tapped on the shoulder and we're, you know, kind of just in there with a friend of mine. And he says, oh, that that guy over there would like to talk to you. I'm like, we'll have him come over himself. And he's like, don't you know who that is? I'm like, no, but can he come over himself? And he's like, well, could you come over and talk to him? I said, I guess, and rolled my eyes. Well, when I get closer, I realize that he's one of the Jackson five, <laughs> the Jackson five, Randy Jackson, not, not the American Idol, Randy Jackson, but Randy Jackson, uh, not brother, Tito, not Tito, no, I like, no, no, Tito, I like Tito. No, no Jermaine, no Michael, Darn it. Randy and I, yeah, we, we met okay, Randy All yeah, right. nice guy. and, uh, interesting. He invited me to a air quote party at his house 
So I thought, oh my gosh, Janet and Michael and oh my gosh, because I'm from LA. So, you know, I knew where they lived and stuff and where he grew up. And so we're in the limo and we're heading back to his place. And I'm thinking there's going to be just lines and lines of cars. The party, I guess, wasn't really so much a party for a bunch of people, but more of a party for two. <laughs> and, uh, but on the way up to his, okay, sorry, I'll keep it clean. I'll just say this, Thank you. on the way up to his bedroom and in the, you know, when you come to someone's home and you see pictures, when you see pictures of the Jackson family on the walls, like just like you have in your own home of your family and friends, it was pretty cool. And uh, Randy Jackson had a solo out at that time with the times of those, you know, Betamax, whatever VHS. And he's like, do you want to watch the video I just came put out with? I said, sure, I guess. Yeah. Needless to say, it was never a big hit, but nice guy. We talked for a few months and he's the Jackson five. So that's my celebrity story happened in LA. And if anyone wants to get details, call me. <laughs> yeah, 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 just D- DM her after this episode. Yeah, DM okay. exactly. <laughs> yeah right. that was my that was my celebrity story. Good old Randy. Mm-hmm. All right. Were there were there any like I know you mentioned uh, Jose Aliel? I think he was your favorite chief, right? Or there, um, I, yeah. Well, and, and Hansel, and, you liked as a chief of sport. Were there was there anyone like I don't want to leave anyone out. So well, like let, if you'd like to take it. the time to uh, call out people that you liked working with, you know, please yes, do. I do want to say one more celebrity story of someone who I really love, and that's Hansel Moss, the greatest of all time. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's my celebrity. No, okay. Hansel and I. I mean, gosh, after all this time, we met in '86, and we're and I'm still, you know, we're still really, really great friends, and I look forward to seeing him more often. And what a great guy! So that's my other celebrity in, in Club Med world. Hansel is a celebrity and I'm happy to say that he's one of my good friends. So that's my other celebrity story. But other than, yeah, yeah. Jose Aliel, I think we still talk on Facebook quite a bit, you know, happy birthday here and there. How have you been kind of thing? This is really cool too. During the pandemic, we got in touch with our old chief of the village in club med Martinique, the B Martinique, our favorite, our, my favorite season. And Michelle Verdure is also, he was on all the, the, the calls and Michelle Verdure is living in Florida right now. He's doing great. And we were all interested to find out that our season in 87 was his last season. So it's funny because during all the calls, we were so worried, like oh, Michelle's on the call, you know, don't screw up with the chef de village is on the call. even though we're all in our fifties now. And um, we, he said, well, that was my last village. And everyone's reaction was, oh my gosh, I tried so hard to do everything right and impress you and do all these things. And turns out you, you were quitting afterwards. And he's like, yeah, I, I was kind of sick of it. And, and we all were like, well, we would never have tried so hard to impress you and do all the right things and, you know, follow the rules if we had known. So now that it's funny, being all peers, even playing field, just adults that care about each other and like each other have a great memories. It is great just to see, talk to him as a friend versus, you know, the quote unquote chef de village we're all scared of, you know, and <laughs> trying to impress. I, as you know, they have that power over us. <laughs> yes. Well, can I ask you something? Yeah. Since you worked with Angie, like, did you know, was there anything about Angie back then? Like, I don't know if she was talking about it. Like maybe chief of village wasn't on the horizon, but did you, did you ever think that Angie would become a great chief of village when you were working with her? I, I did. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. She was always, yeah. You know what? She, yeah. Even so I think, like I said, St. Lucia 86 was probably her second or third village. And, you know, even at that time, I think she was maybe chief, not, not chief so she couldn't have been that early on, but she was a leader. She's a born leader. She still is, you know, she's still a leader and a great, great organizer and a motivator. And, a, you know, everyone wants to be around and she's very magnetic, you know, very magnetic. So she makes everyone feel like they're special. And I think that's a good, a good feature in a, in a, in a chief of the village, but yes. And then Martinique, she was helping me a lot with my hostess duties. And then uh, we kept in touch, of course, over the years. And then, oh, she made hostess. I mean, she made chief and oh, she's doing the stage and oh my gosh. 
And sure enough, I, I kind of had a feeling she's always a great, great leader. I saw her in Huatulco. And then I think it was 2003, I visited her in the Maldives. This is a funny story. So there's chief of the village, Angie in the Maldives. Now she's been chief of the village in many, many different villages now for years. And it's 2003. And I say, oh, I'm going around the world. Let me stop by the Maldives and see what's up. So I visit her, hug it out. Oh my gosh, I've known you forever, blah, blah, my sister. And I see this cute GM and I'm like, oh, Ange, oh my gosh, that guy is hot. And she goes, he is. I'm like, what do you think I should do? And she's like, well, I wouldn't talk to that guy because he's my boyfriend and he's been coming like 14 times to this club met in, in Maldives. <laughs> and now they're happily married and they've been married for seven years, I think. And um, yeah, so Menu is... Was a, was a GM from France that kept going back to Club Med in the Maldives, which is how they met. I think it was maybe his fourth visit. So she pulled my leg and tried to, you know, she played a little joke on me that, oh yeah, there's a hot GM over there. Turns out her husband and still is and good friends, both good friends of mine. And I'm really happy for both of them. So that was, I knew that she'd be successful. I knew that she'd be a great chief. And it's funny now that she's working in, in the retirement communities she basically said, well, Sharon, what else am I supposed to do? Now that I'm done with Club Med, I can wrangle and take care of a bunch of old people, just like I did all the damn GOs. So <laughs> why yeah. not? <laughs> and still look, and compared to them, you're still young as a spring chicken, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And just like good old Angie, she's magnetic. She's a great organizer. She's motivating. She's a very, very, very hard worker. So I, to answer your question, yeah, she's always had it in her. I think that's why I was attracted to her in the first place. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Sharon, if you wouldn't mind uh, talking, uh, just we're going to steer a little bit from Club Club Med for a sec, because I mentioned in your intro about a, a passion project of yours. Can you tell me, please, what is the Culture Club Show? Yes, thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. So it's cultureclubshow.com if anyone wants to take a look at that. So back in 2013, I was really uh, had a really great lucrative job in the pharmaceutical industry here in San Diego. And the job was there for 13 years. And then we, uh, the drug was so successful that we all got a pretty good umbrella package and we were done because the drug was sold off to Merck and I was no longer employed, but a passion has always, has always been travel. And a big thing for me as a world traveler is that a lot of people say, you know, if I say, Oh, I go to Kenya or I've been to Maldives or I've been to Myanmar say, is it safe or should I go? Or aren't you scared? And all these things. So it's been a passion of mine to change the misconceptions of international travel for Americans, because it's important that people go and see places that, you know, it's not Vegas or, you know, Europe to go to Africa and the Galapagos and, you know, New Zealand and things with different cultures and people is really, really important to people's growth. So I came up with an idea all by myself <laughs> and I, I wanted you to be in the club air quotes of it's about cultures. So therefore I called it culture club. So the culture club show. And my goal was to go ahead and film in Kenya, Tanzania, Korea, Vietnam, and a couple other countries, I think, and just sort of make it a place where everyone could say, Oh, she's at the time I was 46, 46 year old female woman from California traveling on her own all throughout the world. And I wanted to show that it's really, not only is it not, so not only is it safe, but it's, it was a great experience. I went gorilla trekking in Rwanda by myself. I went on many, many safaris. I met a lot of different tribes in Kenya. I met Vietnamese people that were just charming and lovely, the Maori culture in New Zealand, for example. So my goal was to sort of share about these cultures so that you could be in the club of getting it, you know? Yeah. So I filmed, I hired a, a videographer and an editor and I filmed for months 
And I went, actually, I, I turned it in, editor turned it into a, a 27 minute episode and I had a sizzle reel, which is about three and a half minutes and pitched it to Discovery Channel and also to the own network, the Oprah Winfrey network. Now, this is the time that she had just started her own network and she didn't have any travel shows. So I was in, in communication with Oprah Winfrey's team for quite some time. We were back and forth negotiating about, you know, having the show on the air, you know, on her channel. I also went to the Africa channel in Los Angeles and talked to them a little bit about it and Discovery Channel. And we were also close in discussions. So I hear something and now it's 2014 ish. And they say, you know, things are going to just be streaming. You're going to be able to call up your own shows. Well, it's 2014 and I'm old and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just want this show to be on TV because I had had a business model that the, the minister of tourism in these various countries would give me an additional $20,000 funding. And the only only thing I had to do was to have it be on, on air in, in the States. So we figured that was going to work fine. It's on the air. I can promise you that. And here's my $20,000 so I can continue to travel and film more places and uncover all these great things about these countries that I want everyone to see. So long story short, it didn't happen. Streaming kind of took over. They were right. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but now I understand it. And so my, I guess my timing was a bit off, but I do have a website. I do have the passion. I do continue to tell people as many times as I can, as often as I can, that traveling around the world and just going, whether it's solo with a group, go to the places that no one would ever think about. Look at a map and say, you know, I want to go to Myanmar. I want to go to Singapore. I want to go to South Africa or Peru just because it's there, you know, just, just learn and go and it'll change your life. I promise you that. And that is why I enjoy the culture club show, you know, now that people can talk about it a little bit and, and I enjoy the Traveler Century Club too, because they've seen the show. They're big proponents of my work. <laughs> and um, being in a room where people have all been over to, to over a hundred countries is just so great for me. It's just, I'm in my element and the things we can talk about, you know, all positive. And there's so much good about international travel. I just can't say enough about it. So I know I could go on and on, and on but I won't, but <laughs> that's generally what I did for a long time. It's a big part of my life and hopefully I can pick it up at some point. I'm not sure how I can turn it into a show again, or if I'm going to do something with it, but I'm open to suggestions. I'd love to hear from anybody who. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put the link in the, uh, in your episode description. So I Thank encourage you. people to check it out after listening to Sharon's uh, interview here. Now for the Travel Century Club, so this is, so how do you, do you have to prove that you've, you visited over a hundred countries at all? No, it's, a, it's definitely an honor system. Yeah, it's an honor okay. system. And yes. Yeah, so when, when my mother died, I found in her files, this, this from Sunset Magazine, this thing about the Traveler Century Club. So at this point I'd been to like 75 countries and I looked up this place. It's, it's an organization that's been around for about 65 years out of Los Angeles and I called them and I said, well, I'm 48 and I've been to 75 countries. And they said, well, yeah, you know, we can call you a provisional member, but you got to get to hundred. So from that point on, I just kept traveling, kept going, going, going. And, and now I'm up to 103 and no, you don't have to prove it, but you just, it's just honor system. Some people in the club feel like, oh, I just touched my foot down. And therefore I've been that to that place, which I personally don't agree with. I, I can tell you something specific about all of 103 countries I've been to. I'm not. I have to at least have experienced something to tell you that I've been there. So, so I'm up to 103 and I'd, I'd like to keep going. I, my latest trip was Madagascar. That was right before the pandemic, Madagascar and the Mauritius islands. That was my last big adventure. I, I'd love to go to, I haven't been to Dubai yet. I'd love to go to Dubai and Qatar over for Christmas. Actually, that's my, like my next trip, but yeah, it, it, being with these people, like I said, and hearing where they just came back from and where they're planning to go, it's just, 
I'm just, my feet don't even touch the ground when I'm in these meetings. It's, I'm fascinated and we have so much fun together. It's, and, it's, it's a great, great group. And I take it the uh, Traveler Century Club has no association with the Mile High Club, correct? <laughs> Greg, you told me to keep it clean. Oh, that's Gosh. true. I know. I keep, I, I keep. I'm sorry. Okay, let's let's. I know. I'm setting you up. You're oh, you're knocking funny. them down. Okay, let me ask you a club bed question. Okay, what are? I'm sure you've had time to think about this question because I do it every day. What are the three things you miss the most about club bed? Oh gosh, the camaraderie with the team. Absolutely. That you know, just this kind of having. You work so hard, and at the end of the night, when if you have a party in your room, or if you just pass by somebody and roll your eyes, like, oh my gosh, you know, we're so tired and. The camaraderie and the sisterhood and brotherhood, like, you know, I, these are my family, you know, like I said, I still see and talk to them all, all the time, all the ones I've mentioned throughout this, this, this interview and that, and I guess, you know, you feel like a kind of a cool person, like you have a really cool job. You know, I think right now I'm, I'm back in the pharmaceutical industry and I'm not as cool as I used to be, you know, I'm 54 and doing the pharma thing from home. And I was teaching snorkeling on an Island twice a day with cool people. I think, you know, so kind of being like, you know, a cool person that people kind of think is but like, like when I first saw the club met in Ixtapa, I liked that feeling, you know, being, being the person that I had seen, you know, the way that, the way that I first saw the, the geos and I wanted to be, and I, I made it happen. I think that was what I'm so proud of myself is I did just go to St. Lucia. I made it happen. And I guess the last thing would be looking forward to the next one. You know, once you get home and you're waiting for that call to go back to the next one and it's something to look forward to. Um, I have not married and I don't have any kids. So that was, it was fun. Like, where are you going to send me next? So I think the anticipation and the camaraderie and uh, the cool factor. (laughs) So speaking about your third one, I don't know how it was on the West coast, like to this day. So we would back then we would get our plane tickets delivered by pure later or some other courier. So do you, was, was that how you were getting your plane tickets? No. So well, no. FedEx, so FedEx, FedEx, I mean, okay. FedEx worldwide. So, yeah. So back so then, you, right. But do you um, see a FedEx truck now and go, I, I, every day <laughs> yeah. I see a FedEx or pure later and I think, Oh my God, my plane ticket. So I was just curious if you have that experience. I do. And it's funny you say that. Yes. I remember waiting for the, I remember waiting, you know, it's always last minute with club med, right? So you get, you know, you're leaving like in two days. And uh, so, right. So uh, waiting for the Martinique ticket in the FedEx envelope. And it was on the, you know, the guy came and signed for, it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. it's so exciting. And, you know, packing, knowing you're leaving in two days, but I have to say the coolest part was getting to Miami airport. Cause as you mentioned, I'm in California. So I'd leave out of LAX and go all the way to Miami. So excited. And I'd see the club med sign, you know, it's, it was for the charters back then in the day. And you look for the club med sign. These are my people. And I was, you know, I'm the new geo and, to this day, Greg, to this day, when I walk through the Miami airport, I can still see myself looking around going, where's my club at people? I'm so excited to get to the next village, which happened, you know, for me three times, you know, Martinique, Paradise Island and Sandpiper. So that excitement, you know, all three times were Miami airport and that, yeah, it was that FedEx truck now still. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget those days waiting for that. And I just couldn't, couldn't wait. Even, even the last one, when I thought, oh gosh, you know, do I really want to go back. It was still so great to be wanted again and go back there and try it again. Although that was, then, you know, you want to make sure you're totally done. It's out of your system. <laughs> and so that's when I knew that I was done, but I'm glad that I did it as many times and i kept going back until I was finished, but it was fantastic. And yeah, I missed that anticipation. You want to try some rapid fire questions? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite crazy sign. Hands up. 
Really? Okay. Do you have a favorite dumb question from a GM? You must've got a lot when you're in the annex or hostess. Yes. I think the one I mentioned was probably the worst, but I'll, let me think of another. Okay. What, do you live here? Is that what, yeah. Is that so okay. do you guys all live here? And I think the other one that really annoyed me was, oh, you know, my son and daughter should do this. Hey, how did you get into this? That every time we get that, I wanted to push a record button and be like, here you go. <laughs> I think those are my two most annoying. So do you live here? And then, oh, my daughter wants to do this. How to get in it. And it's such a long thing. You have to go into the whole story over and over and over again. But yeah, that was it. Did you have a favorite anima animation passage from anyone, like uh, any animators that you recall you worked with that did something? Oh my gosh, that... probably Pew Pew. Pew Pew was Pew uh, Pew? Pew Pew. I can't Pew, remember. I don't Pew, even remember. Pew Pew was the name of the animator? Yes. Okay. <laughs> i never heard that <laughs> I, one before. I know anyone, okay. who, anyone from my village is going to know exactly what Martinique is. Pew Pew. Okay. Pew Pew. Okay. Pew Pew. And I, you know how embarrassing. I don't even know his real name. I'm, well, but... I'm already laughing at that name. I've never heard Pew, that Pew, nickname yeah, it was before. Pew Pew. And he was hysterical. He would, you know, he did a lot of funny stuff and he was just everywhere all the time making funny jokes, you know, just all, he was the most active and apparent. Yeah. Animator. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yep. So what did he, did he have one, one uh, thing in particular that he would do or he was just, uh, he, he, was um, he the type of, was he the type of animator that stayed in character? Like you couldn't break him? Was he that yes, type of that? Okay. Exactly. Like entrance to the restaurant. We did a lot of entrance to the restaurants in Martinique and in, and in St. Lucia. And I think, well, but Pew Pew was Martinique, but yeah, the interest of the restaurant, he'd always be there and messing with our costumes. And, but the GMs would laugh because although we're on the same team, he would kind of be like poking fun at us and, you know, like not, not mime, not like the corny French mime or whatever, but more like, you know, he, he would look at her, look at him, you know, kind of with a different, they would, he would tease us. And it was funny to the GMs. I think he was just funny. How do you spell um, Pew Pew? How did, he, how did he spell that on his badge? Oh was it P E W or was it Pew P E P I U P I U? Oh, Pew Pew. Yeah. Okay. Was but he I, French? Was he French? Yeah, he was French. Yeah. Okay. He was French. Yeah. He was short and funny. And, you know, he, also, he smoked a lot, but he just made funny, like sometimes gross jokes, but mostly just poking fun at everybody. And, but he was everywhere, you know, throwing water on people, it looked like water, but it was confetti, you know, the, the kind of the clown. <laughs> but uh, it, he was funny. He was good. Did you uh, learn any skills while you were there? Like, did you have time to learn a sport that you hadn't tried before or no? You were just, cause there was no days off. You're just always working. No, but I, do. I do have a funny story about that. So I didn't think I could sing, but the team at Martinique was like, yeah, sing uh, Madonna crazy for you. And they came up with some various, you know, when you do that, you know, all the different cabaret nights when, you know, you have to fill time and fill the show and can anyone sing? And they were like, Sharon can sing. I'm like, I really can't, but okay. Well, after, you know, six months, I'm like, me, 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 I can sing, you know, I really got a little cocky about it, right? I've got the team, I've got Ricardo Land Sports, and Jim Land Sports, and Faith Boutique Client. Yay, Sharon, you're so good. I'm singing Madonna, like, I'm crazy, but you know, I sound terrible. And I got so confident, and I believed them when they were like, yay. So when I got to Sandpiper, it was so funny. I get to Sandpiper and they say, oh, what do you come? I'm like, well, I'm a singer with all confidence, you know? <laughs> and I, and so I go to the choreographer lady, whatever. And I'm like, I'll do cats. Big mistake. Big mistake. Oh, you offered, you told her you would, I'll, I would cons do I'll, I would I'll, I'll consent to doing cats. Yeah. Oh, oh, sing. Oh, which, 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 oh, not, not, not the main song from. Oh the yeah. Oh the Barbara yeah. Streisand. Went, oh yeah. I went up. Uh, memory. Oh, memory. Oh my yeah. God. Oh yeah. Went all out. <laughs> We say because there's I've, a recording gotten... of this somewhere. Please say you have this, you videotape this. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. It was, oh, it was terrible. It was okay. terrible. So this is just rehearsal. Like I just get to the village and, and I'm, you know, I told you I was started at, and mini club now I'm annexed and they're like, okay, go for it. 
I'm not even going to try it on this thing because you probably just oh, hang up darn. on me. But, um, <laughs> Can you just do the high notes? Okay. She told me, stop, cut. Who okay. told you you could sing? And I said, oh, my man. village in Martinique. Okay. And they, she laughed. And to this, to this day, I am so mad at them. I remember talking. I called one of the people back that was in Latino. We always kept in touch. I said, did we guys teasing when you said I could sing? And they all start laughing every time I check in with somebody. I said, do you know that I went and embarrassed myself in Sandpiper because you guys gave me false hope? And they said, we thought that would be a funny joke. Because you weren't what? that good. The whole and village like, was in on this joke? Yeah. It wow. Was so, yes. All I mean, my friends. Not, not, not cool, but to, for a whole village to get oh, in on? Oh, my gosh. Well, it all like, just my friends, you know, like, we all support each other. If, like, Suzanne, Suzanne, for example, Suzanne DeVasta, who's, or Suzanne Sister, excuse me. She's married to the um, to her French geo, her new husband is a geo. So uh, Suzanne Sater, and she was from Brooklyn and she was so great. So we'd all cheer her on because she actually could sing really, really well. And she could do anything really, really well. She's very, very talented. So then here comes Sharon and it's kind of a joke. Like, but I didn't know it was a joke, Greg. Okay. Well, uh, well, how? Okay. Everyone loves that song, "Memories," right? It's a it's yeah. a beautiful song, even though we don't like cats. But uh, had, had you heard? But did you, I assume you liked the song? You heard it enough to know the words, right? Like, well, I did because you know, as hostess, you're sitting there selling the beads, and yes. there's you know the, all the team is doing cats right in front of you, like every single week. You know, you hear okay. like all the time. Um, so you go, oh, I had it down. I memorized a bunch of stuff just from sitting there listening to Rumple. What is it? Um, uh, Rumatum uh, Tiger. Uh, rum, and... rum, 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 Tugger. I don't know yeah. how I know that. I've never seen it, but I know the movie. So I memorized it just because I watch it every day. And so that was my favorite song in 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 the play that, that my geo friends were doing. And so when I took that talent, quote unquote, <laughs> talent that I thought I had, <laughs> The sandpiper, like, yeah, no, we're so, just gonna keep you in the dance in the dance lens. Okay, so so you, you you encountered like a Simon Cowell when you got to Sandpiper. Oh they God. they they shot you straight, right? Like, um, right. who told like, you you could oh say okay? Oh boy, like the cane, the big cane that they t- pull you off stage. Yeah, basically. Oh, that oh at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. But I learned how to. So to answer your question, I guess I I, I was gonna say I learned how to sing, but apparently I will not okay. I will claim that. I will claim that I learned how to dance. Now, so will you karaoke that. now or no? Are you? Oh yes. Go oh, oh, oh okay. So so you haven't shied away from. So now you embrace it. You're like yeah, I'm gonna well, sing no matter of, what. Plenty of booze. Okay. Plenty what's your go to? What's, what's your go to now? What's your song that you go well, to that's, in karaoke? So in my last village, <laughs> so this is like perfect way to round out the story. My last village, he's like, "Well, sing something," and I said, and I sang, and I have a high voice. He goes, "Well, this song is perfect for you," and just out of nowhere, and okay, should I try it? Should I, should I go for it? Oh uh, yeah, man, sure, please. Okay. So for those of you that remember the songs back in the '80s and early '90s. Okay. <clears throat> who's, the, who's the singer? Just give us the name of the singer. Company you know. B. Company B. Company okay. B. And the song is called Fascinated. This is my go-to oh. to this day. I just went to a wedding a couple weeks ago and I it was my go-to. Okay, ready? Okay. I'm fascinated by your love, boy. I'm fascinated by your love, boy. That's, that's not my I remember that song. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the way. So he said, that fits your voice. That's where you should stay. And that's where you should live and don't sing anything else ever. And so I have one go-to song. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. That's a, that's a that nice way to, ra- to round it up. There. 92. And that was the last song I'll ever sing. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, well, okay. We're coming clo- closing to the end here, but uh, before I let you go, I, am I forgetting to ask you something, something you want to say, someone you want to thank, uh, yes. you know, you've been so kind with your time. So please now is the moment to say 
whatever well, you want. I just appreciate you for doing this and bringing us all together. Cause it really does, you know, mean a lot to all of us to hear the stories again. And it's so fun listening to your podcast and, you know, if everyone's listening, make sure and download it. I'm sure you're going to cover that at the end, but we <laughs> appreciate you. your time. But I think, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to, to, I guess this changed my life. It was just everything. I'm going to start to cry. It was just such a good time. And, you know, Clement people, when you find a club med person, you have that bond. It's like, you know, you just know that's like a sister or a brother. You know, even if you, you know, the ones that Angie puts together in Turks and Caicos with 200 people that that is, we are the most unique group of people for what we did and what we're able to do and the personalities we have and our ability to continue to work that hard and still smile. It's a unique trait. And um, it was the best part of my life for sure. Uh, you're here. Me too. You are, you yeah. are right, Sharon. I couldn't have said fun. it better myself. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, no, the Martinique reunion was fantastic. I'll shout out to some of the ones I haven't seen, like Scott Walton from Sandpiper and Judy Aerobics and Sandpiper. And let's see. Um, Scott, Scott Steele. Scott where, Steele. Where, where I love that name. Please, please, and please say it's spelled S-T-E-E-L-E. Please say it's spelled you know? that how is it? Oh, yeah. it's, it's perfect. My God, he was in the wrong oh line of work. Okay, okay. That is so funny. <laughs> Steve Waterski, Garth, DJ, Michelle Nurse, Angie, of course, and my sweet, my sweetheart, Hansel. I mean, just, yeah, nothing specific, but I'm just, again, I'm honored to have been able to talk about it a little bit. And, and I've got some dirty stories that I was, you know, holding back on, which you're happy to (laughs) chat with anybody about those later. (laughs) Just kidding. But no, the, the Michelle Verdur and um, Jose Aliel and Ben Bucina, all great chiefs of the village. I just consider myself very lucky to have had this experience, but yeah, that's about it. I'm just so happy to talk about it and answer questions. And thanks for shouting out my show and, and my passion for Africa and, uh, and the world and all the countries and different cultures around the world. It's important you go out there and see it. Yeah, yeah, I highly encourage everyone to check out the Culture Club show, culturecup.com because it's a very well edited. I mean, it's it looks does like look like something you would watch on TV and or stream because, you know, I had time to look at it at work. So, it's a very high quality. So, I please encourage you to check out her link. And once again, thanks to the amazing Sharon Lee from California for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks so much, Sharon. Hands up, Greg. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Me too. We'll see you all next week. Bye.